morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 32, the episode that almost didn't happen because Tony and I were giggling like four-year-olds the last five minutes, and it took us a while to get started here this week, So, but we're fine. We are fine, and we are ready to bring you episode number 32. Mr. Viss, are you ready to bring episode number 32? Is this the Magic Johnson episode? You know, I looked up uniform numbers, and I've got a list, my friend. I have got a list of number 32s. Um, Let me see here. Let me break it down by sports. Uh, I got one, two, three, four, five basketballers. I've got one, two, three footballers, and I've got one, two... Three, no, I had four footballers. Sorry, uh, three baseballers with the number. Holy cow! Yeah, so I mean, and, and they were number. They, they were all, I they're all iconic players. <laughs> so I, I felt the need to 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 throw them out there. So uh, Magic Johnson, let's go basketball here, Tony. Magic Johnson, definitely a thirty-two. What else? What what other thirty-twos do you think I've got in the bag here this week? Hmm. You said you had how many? I think five. One, uh, including Magic. One, two, three, four, five. Yes. Wow. I wonder, I don't know. Barkley was 34. Barkley was 34. Yeah. Um, Havlicek? Nope. No. No, I think he was like 17 or some weird number. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It is 17. Yeah. Uh, Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale is another one. Two out of five. Uh, that's about my 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 range tonight. Uh, he delivers every day except for ending in Y when he's playing the Bulls in the finals. Carl Malone. There we go. Sorry, Utah fans. <laughs> um, man does not deliver on Sundays. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm trying to if I give that hint, that gives it away. Uh, top ten scorer in league history. Played for a lot of teams, especially towards the end of his career. Want another hint? Yeah. If you're going to have a conversation with him, it'd sound like this. Hey, Tony. I heard you like to talk on the podcast, and Charles Barkley makes fun of me on TNT all the time. Shaq. Shaq, there we go. Um... And then the last one, uh, one of the greatest centers ever to play the game, but injuries held him back. John Wooden almost kicked him off the team one time. Oh, our good friend, one of the best, and I'm just joking, I'm the best announcer, but Bill Walton. Bill Walton, <laughs> yeah. Look, the Conference of Champions. <laughs> yes, the Pacific 10 Conference. Yes. Um, all right, footballers. Let's see here. One, two, uh, three, uh, four. All of them are running backs. I can give you a strong hint there. All of them running backs. Was OJ? OJ was one. Barry Sanders? Nope. He was number 20, I think. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, Dorsett was 33. Franco Harris. Franco Harris. Two left. <laughs> Some consider him the best player ever to play. Retired early. 
Oh, Jim Brown. One more left. Uh, MVP of Super Bowl, I don't know, something like seven. Oh, Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen, there you go. And then three baseballers, two of them left-handed pitchers. Steve Carlton. That's one. Who? Um, played before Steve Carlton. Only uh, played for like 10 years, but dominant. Left-handed ooh. pitcher. Not Koufax. Sandy Koufax. Ooh. And then the other one, uh, an outfielder for the San Diego Padres before he went to the New York Yankees. Oh, Dave Winfield. Dave Winfield. You got them all, buddy. Yeah. Get enough good hints, you can get anything. Yeah, there you go. So, episode number 32, and last week we talked about putting together a quality summer schedule. This week we're going to talk about coaching your summer team and and thinking about how you want to coach your summer team, uh, some strategies that you want to use. Again, uh, summer is not a foolproof situation. I've, I've had great summers and tough seasons, Tony, and I've had up and down summers and pretty good seasons. And so I, I think the summer can be a bit of a barometer. Uh, and, and oftentimes it shows you what you have, but you can't put too much into your summertime and, and, and what you have going on. But it's important. Uh, and, and when I say that, I'm talking about team success. The wins and losses is you may have at leagues and team camps and things like that. Uh, it's, it's all about the development of, of your individual players within your team concept, in, in my opinion. And, and so this week, Tony and I thought we would piggyback on our podcast last week about coaching our summer teams or, or putting together a quality summer schedule by talking about co- uh, coaching uh, your, your summer team. So uh, you want me to go first, Tony? Yeah, I am, Chet. All right. I think it's really important. One of, the, one of the first things that you do with your players is you talk about the fluidity of the summer as far as who's going to play where in what position so forth and so on. I, I uh, A line that I use with our players, Tony, uh, play as hard as you can and as well as you can wherever you are at. And we try not to, and, and I understand, I, I'm not saying I don't understand it. I do understand that kids are going to read into, well, I'm on varsity and I'm feeling good or I'm on JV and I stink. I really want to be on the varsity and why is Billy or Susie on varsity while I'm here on JV. I know I'm better than them, and and uh, but then you you know you if you if you continue to have that fluidity, if you emphasize fluidity and then execute fluidity, uh, the the cut and dry stance of what you're doing. Now I understand there's cut and dry things that you have to have. You're going to have you know six, seven, eight, nine kids, whatever your number is within your current team that are going to be your varsity group. Uh, that are going to be on your varsity team regardless of what happens. You're going to have kids that are not ready for varsity no matter what they do, and they're going to be JV or they're going to be on the freshman. I get that. I'm talking about the the kids maybe 7 through 12 in your program, You know, moving them around, having some fluidity, uh, giving them opportunities to prove themselves, and, and experimenting with with certain lineups and maybe being surprised that, hey, well, you know, when Billy's out there with 1, 2, 3, and 4, he looks pretty doggone good. Uh, and, and the other times that we had him out there, he was, you know, he was with, uh, seven and eight or whatever, and he didn't look as good. And, and maybe Billy is a little bit more ready under certain situations than what we thought. And, and so I think it's important to emphasize to your team is like I said, play as hard as you can and as well as you can, wherever you're at at that time. 
and and focus on getting better as individuals and then if you get better as an individual the team will get better and and that's one of our big emphasis going into every summer yeah you mentioned a lot of good things um summer is one of those things where you know we we talk a lot about that great teams are made from november to march and then great players are made from march to november and so we we talk about that a lot with our guys um just helping them understand that really Summer is about your individual improvement and your development. And, you know, you mentioned the term fluidity. And it's going to be a situation where you're not always going to have your top players. And so that's something you have to understand right away. And if you don't get too, you know, uh, wrapped up in that, you don't get too stirred up by that, it can be a really good thing because you can go out there like you're talking about and you might be able to, unearth you know some things in terms of those that are diamonds in the rough that maybe you didn't know about and those kids they're going to show you their commitment by being in in the summer you know you're working around vacations you're working around in our situation in iowa you're working around baseball Mm -hmm. um, you're working around jobs and so it's just about giving people an opportunity and see who's going to take advantage of it you know like last summer we had a couple sophomore guys that played with the varsity primarily but they were with us a little bit too Mm. and so you know that was kind of interesting to watch that and those guys they were able to have a lot of success they got comfortable playing with the varsity and day one they were up with the varsity and both of them had a really good season for us this year um with that opportunity that they had and a lot of times in the summer as a coach you know not that you don't coach it hard and, and give good effort but you're a little bit more laid back than what you are during the regular season. There's mm-hmm. not scouts. There's not, Hey, I can't believe you missed out of bounds play up. We went over that how many times or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's about more about not teaching them to run plays, but teaching them how to play. Mm-hmm. And I really think if you can go in it with the right type of mindset, um, it can be, summer can be a really, really good thing. And like you mentioned, you know, I've, I've been in the same boat, you know, we've had some not so good summers and had a really good regular season. It's like, man, I didn't see that coming. And then we had some pretty dominant summers and then we got in the regular seasons. Like, who is this team? Um, you know? And, and so, yeah, I've had, had those experiences as well, but summer is, it's a, it's a fun time, you know, with the men's game ending last night, you know, and the college basketball being months away again, um, now it's one of those things I'm like, I'm, I'm ready for summer basketball. I'm ready for our, our group, but mm-hmm. we still got a couple months yet. Yeah. I, I think you brought up a really good point there, Tony, amongst a, a lot of good points. Uh, that was on my, my list. Uh, you know, have fun with your team in the summer. You've got plenty of time in November, December, January, February, and into March, hopefully to be really locked in and deadly serious but it, but if if you are at mid if if you're at January intensity in June honestly that's probably going to be more of a uh negative than it is going to be a positive in the sense of you can only sustain that intensity for so long and your kids need to see you in a good light now that doesn't mean uh, for me in the summertime it's all about effort and playing hard in in that regard I, i'm really not going as long as we're concentrating and, and playing pretty doggone hard. Whatever happens in the summer happens in the summer. Now, if our kids aren't playing hard, then you know then we're going to talk about it. Or if I feel like they're not concentrating, if we're not taking advantage of it, and things that we talk about 
uh, before team camps. Hey, we've got three games today. We've got, if it's, you know, just use simple math, three games. We've got 40 minutes per game. So we've got 120 minutes to get better. So while we're on the floor here today, we've got to take advantage of all 120 minutes to get better at whatever it is we're going to work on today to get better at. And, and, and then take a step back. And like you said, Tony, give the players ownership because this is their time in season. That's our time. The winter time is our time, but, but in the summertime, turn that over to the players, relax, be, be, you know, find different ways to, to have fun with them and do, and do fun stuff. Uh, just, you know, again, the biggest focus is you gotta get better. And if you get better as individuals, that means the team's going to get better as well. Coaches, do you want to look good? Stupid question. Of course you want to look good. We all want to look good. You know what's the best way to look good? Buying yourself some a pen and a napkin merchandise. We've got some really, really good looking stuff here. We've got t-shirts and sweatshirts, and you are not going to regret picking that up. T-shirts are $22 a piece. Sweatshirts are $30 a piece. If I need to mail it to you, it's just $5 shipping and handling to get this good look at stuff out to you. Coaches, I appreciate all that you've done for me over the last three years or so with a pen and a napkin. I hope I've been able to help you out. Might as well come out and help out the Twitter handle and the podcast by ordering some a pen and a napkin merchandise. And like I said, you get to look good. If you're interested in ordering, you can DM me on Twitter at a pen and a napkin, send me a direct message, or you can email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, and I'll get you those ordering details so that you can order some a pen and a napkin merchandise. Most definitely. And, you know, some of the things that we would do in the summer, we'd go to team camps, you know, where there was a lake. Uh, we would go uh, to team camps just, you know, to, to have fun. And I think some of those team bonding things in the summer are maybe more important than the results that you're getting on the court. And uh, you, know, you do have to make some of those memories with them, uh, you know, kind of like we've talked about before. There's going to be some times during the season if you built up some goodwill in the summer, you're going to have to you're going to have to count on that mm-hmm. uh, to, to get you through some of those tough spots, those January blues that we talked about, you know, a number of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, the summer, I, I don't know. I, I just really enjoy it. It's yeah. a lot less stressful uh, in terms of, you know, you're, during the season, your your practice planning, your your scouting report. You know, I did I do some positive game notes and stuff like that with my guys, and it seems like you know there's a lot of things. It's like you're a, on a hamster wheel; you just keep going and going. Mm-hmm. In summer, you can kind of get back and relax a little bit. And you know, one of the things I find is that hey, if I'm starting to get a little bit like you know the January intensity is coming, uh, next time I go coach in a league or a team camp or whatever. I'll put on sandals. I'll wear, I'll wear sandals uh, just as a reminder to myself, hey, chill out a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's got to be fun. You can't come into it and be this intense all the time. Um, but, yeah, there's the, the summer is a really good time, like I said, to build those memories with them, to do some team-building stuff, You know, whether that's on a lake, on an inner tube, or, or whatever the case may be in between games mm-hmm. or after your games are over for the day. Um, you know, doing just some of those those team bonding, team building things that are so very, very important and add to that chemistry. You you uh you want to make a lot of small deposits in the summer and in the fall, so that when you need to make one or two really big withdrawals during the season, you, the the funds are available, so to speak, mm-hmm. with with your relationships, with your emotional connection, uh, with the vibe that you have with your team, because more than likely. 
uh, very few teams go through do, or go through a season without having some sort of withdrawal that the coach needs to take at some point, you know, so to speak, as as, as the saying, as the expression goes. So uh, I, I think those deposits are really important. So uh, what else you got, Tony? You know, another thing that we, we are going to try to implement a little bit, uh, we normally are basically about a three-day-a-week uh, workout group, and we usually would come in for like an hour and 15, hour and a half. And this summer, one of the things that we're going to try is we're going to go four days a week, uh, we're going to go for two hours. Now, that's not necessarily coach-led. We're going to try a little bit more of player-led. Uh, we're going to try to keep it open for a two-hour window. So you might hop in 30 minutes after it has you know, officially begun, or you might be there for the first hour and then jet because you've got to go to baseball or you've got to go wherever. But we're, we're going to try some different things with that and see what type of success we can have there. And so I think sometimes in terms of the summer, it's about flexibility. Um, it's not about, Hey, you know, we haven't seen you for, if they're there all four days, great. If they're there for two of the four days, that's fine. If they're there for an hour, all four days, or if they're there for two hours, two of the days, you know, it's, it's just being like we talked about earlier is about flexibility. And then on top of that, you know, for us, we have a league with our fresh soft, but our varsity guys on the weekend, they'll go and do some shootout stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, during the month of June. And then once July rolls around, uh, we won't, we won't play a whole lot besides against each other. And yep. then our AAU guys, that's their time where they'll go out and yep. travel the country and do their thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing with us. Exactly the same thing with us. So, um, I think that it's it's really good uh, at, at this time before you even start uh, with your summer. I think that it's important mm-hmm. that you let your kids know what you're looking for from them, an, an overall team theme, or what's going to be the emphasis for your program for the summer, you know, and I'll use us as an example. Uh, what I told our girls going into the summer, there's two big things that I'm looking for, sureness and snipers. Uh, we need to take better care of the ball and we need to shoot the ball better, which are two pretty important things within the game of basketball, Tony. I, I've done this for a while. I figured those two things out. So um, It is a guards game. Yeah, and, and I, I, you know, the, as I say that, I'm not saying that in a negative light towards our kids or anything like that, but we just have to be better. Uh, we didn't shoot nearly consistently enough this season, especially from the perimeter. And, you know, we were not consistent with taking care of the basketball. And so we have to emphasize those things if we want to take the next steps for our program. And so that's what we're looking to do. Um, and, and our kids are going to be aware of that. And and then we're not going to browbeat them with it. We're not going to freak out because a kid misses two shots in a row, but... You know, just say, hey, just letting you know. Here, here's here's the two major areas that we need to improve, and the, if the, if you excel in these two areas, along with doing everything else, um, you, you're giving yourself a really good shot to play next year. So I, I think that it's really important that you let your kids know what your emphasis is going to be, so that they know what's going, uh, what you're looking at uh, for the team that will give them the best opportunity to put themselves in the rotation and give them that opportunity. Cause then they know what the coaching staff is looking for when it comes to varsity starters, varsity rotation players, so forth and so on. Yeah, I agree. And there's other things that have to happen, you know, kind of organically as well. Uh, we're graduating two first team all state guards. And so, 
the guard position will have, you know, that need for us to develop. And then also on top of being, you know, really good basketball players, both those guys were really good leaders as well and really good culture guys. And so now you're kind of waiting to see who's going to grab the reins of these, this thing. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the seniors? And we have two seniors, or two starters that will be seniors next year. They're returning. Are those the guys that will do that? They're not real vocal guys. And so will it be some of the juniors? And so I don't know. That's one of the things you just kind of have to sit back and, and honestly, you know, let it happen. But you've got to you've got to let that that organic thing, because, you know, we both have been around this long enough that if your team is player led, you know, and especially if those those players fall under that senior category, yep. you can be pretty successful. Yep. Um, but you've got to you, you you've got to ha- kind of let that just kind of organically happen mm-hmm. where those guys figure it out there becomes a pecking order if you will mm-hmm. uh what else you got buddy um you know just one of those things you know kind of like we've we, we touched on earlier with the summer um you know it's got to be laid back you have to have a plan you know and then just one of those things where you want to make it an environment where they want to come in mm-hmm. because the Love last it. thing that yep. you want is an environment where they don't want to come in and they're not coming in because the really good teams separate themselves in the summer because I don't think people differ in how much they want to win. I think people really want to win. Like I want to win, but what they, they differ in is that commitment. Mm -hmm. And if you have an environment, a culture where they don't want to come in, that really can stagnate you and and cause you to go backwards. You know, one of the things that, that John's really kind of put on his list is he wants to play teams out of central Iowa um, and so he's going to change his schedule up. You know, we've, we've done a lot of shootouts here in eastern Iowa, Mount Vernon, which is about 30 minutes away. Uh, we've gone down the road to uh, Liberty, uh, which is just a little bit north of Iowa City there, one of their three high schools. Um, he's not going to go there. He's going to end up going to Ankeny. Uh, he's going to end up going to Kansas City to a live event there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's going to switch some things up uh, and, and try to raise the competition a little bit so our guys can get a taste of what it's like uh, mm-hmm. because they're going to have some roles to fill some guys to step into bigger roles and some guys that you know maybe off his radar could have a chance to come in and and see if they can, and can play at that varsity level because it's mm-hmm. a big jump playing for me at the sophomore level to where now you've got to step up and play uh you know a game that's with bigger guys and faster and stronger mm-hmm. and yeah it's 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 a big jump for those guys and they got to figure out this summer are they going to be able to make that jump yeah, uh, you know, in that vein, I, I think that it's a, the summertime is a great opportunity to give kids a chance to be successful in the sense of, uh, and, and this ties in, you know, kind of two things at once here on, on this one, Tony. Um, don't be afraid to draw up a play for a kid in a situation in the summertime that maybe you wouldn't do that for in the wintertime to see how they'll react, to see how their teammates will react. Uh, to see what they, uh, you know, to see what they'll do, see if they deliver, give them a chance to get some confidence. You know, um, you know, if if, if you're down, uh, we, we had a situation a few, few, you know, this is back when I was at my old job. Uh, we were playing in the summer and we were down three with 20 seconds left. And my really, really good point guard uh, said, well, hey, you know, we should put this other girl and I won't use her name because she was our best shooter, but it was her turn in the rotation to be sitting out. I said, 
no, we're, this is what we're going to do. And we drew up something else. We we missed the three to tie the game. We lose, you know, a, a, a summer game. And, you know, my my resume has been ruined ever since, Tony. <laughs> um, but, I, but I pulled Jess aside after that. And I said, hey, I understand what you're saying. And, yes, we could have put this girl in and ran something for her. But, and, and if it's December, yes, that's what we're going to do. But I wanted to see what these one or two other kids would do in this situation and see how they would react so that we see what direction they're ready to go and, and see what they're capable of doing. And, and I think that's a great time to to throw that out there, to experiment with your X's and O's, with drawing up plays. Don't be afraid to experiment with your defenses um, and, and give players chances to be successful. You know, to, to put all this, to, to put this bullet point kind of all in one, take some chances and experiment uh, with your, with with where you're going to put your players, how you're going to do some things. Because these games, um, you know, all in all, again, it's about the progress of your team and the progress of your individual players. You know, you 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 want to win, and I want and I want to talk about winning here uh, on my final bullet point, Tony. Whenever we get to that point, but. Um, you know, this is a great time to, in those situations, give those kids an opportunity, have them a chance, have give them a chance to build up their confidence, and 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 see what they can do in those non-pressure yet pressured situations, and see if they finish plays off. I like the the experiment thing. It reminded me. I mean, this is a hundred years ago when I was coaching. We were down two. Uh, I think there was like ten seconds left, maybe even less than that. And uh, I drew up a play for a three. And I don't know if I would have done that in the regular season. I might have played to send the thing to overtime. Uh, We got a great look. The kid missed the shot. But at the same time, I was super happy because, like you're saying, we did something maybe a little bit out of character. I'm sure the other team really didn't think we might go for the win there, that we might try to draw something up different. But we got a great wide-open look at it. It just didn't go down. But it put, you know, food for thought in your head as you got going down the road a little bit that, hey – Maybe in a, in a situation, I mean, instead of going overtime, maybe you've had a player or two foul out. Mm-hmm. Maybe your team's dead, tired, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Going for the three there might not be the worst thing. And then kind of the other thing that you had touched on that I thought was really good as well is you don't want to pigeonhole a kid. Yep. You know, and, and what I'm talking about there, like I see a few of our freshman games during the year. Uh, my daughter is one of the freshman coaches, so I'll go watch her coach and then watch the, the freshman play a little bit. And we do some triple headers some nights, and so I'll catch at least their first half or whatever. Um, but when they come to me in the summer, not that it doesn't matter what they did the year before, but it, it, it doesn't to a certain extent. Yeah. And for whatever reason, you know, boys mature at a different rate, and yep. maybe all of a sudden they've hit their maturity level and they're making their growth spurt and their gains and strength. They're getting after in the weight room or whatever. And so you don't want to pigeonhole them. And, you know, I've lost games in the summer, you know, kind of like what you were alluding to earlier. I'm sure it's, it's ruined my resume and different things like that, but you want to give kids chances. And, you know, as you get from the summer and you progress in the fall and open gym and different things like that, but you want to continue with a wide funnel, giving everybody a chance you don't want to i don't want anybody ever come in in november and say you already had this figured out no no i didn't Mm -hmm. um it kept the funnel kept funneling down as we went but i want to make sure everybody got a fair chance as we got in because there can be some guys that might be playing some baseball in the summer and not into basketball a whole lot but when you start november if those guys are in your top whatever you know if they miss in the summer they still get a play Mm -hmm. yeah oh absolutely 
Um, we, we talk about that all the time. And, and uh, my wife and I have had that conversation where, you know, that's kind of the crappy part about sometimes the decisions we have to make. Uh, we have to make unfair decisions because we have kids that have worked pretty doggone hard. But if if Mary or Billy comes in and they're just better, even though they haven't been to a whole lot, they're they're better, and and the, and that's when the season counts, and and that's frustrating for you as a coach. You try to talk to Billy or Mary and say, you know, I'd really like for you to be in for some of these things, and you know, you know, blah blah blah. But when when it comes down to brass tacks, if they're significantly better, now I I think if it's even, you give it to the kid that's done a lot in the summer, mm-hmm. but. But if, if there's a significant difference, you know, you, you do have to do what's best for the team. And you can't penalize Billy or Mary for emphasizing, you know, their their first sport is, is volleyball or baseball or whatever it may be. Yeah, or maybe they got to work to help their family out yeah, or what, whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever the situation may be. Um, the summer is one thing, but when, when it gets to November 15th, that's the ultimate when the rubber hits the road. And that's when we've got to make the, the true, true decisions. At mm-hmm. that point, so uh, you got anything else, buddy? I think we've exhausted my list here. Okay, I, I've got one more thing, and we've kind of talked about it, but um, and and I hope this makes sense, despite everything that I've said, and I don't want to sound like a uh, a hypocrite here. Worry about winning and losing without worry of worrying about winning and losing. If that makes any sense, does that make sense, Tony? Yeah, it does. It makes yeah. a ton of sense. Yeah. But I mean, it's two basketball guys with similar mindsets thinking about it might not to somebody who, who doesn't think maybe the same way that we do. Yeah. Uh, well, God, God help anybody that thinks <laughs> the same way we do. <laughs> they are, they are a, a Creek without a paddle. Uh, I went into Marv Albert a little early, just, uh, based on my allergies here. Been battling allergies the last week or so, buddy. It's just, ah, killing me. So yeah, there's a, it must be bad. Cause we had a few kids in our soccer team that are, are going through it as well. Yeah. So, uh, when I say, uh, worry about winning and losing without worrying about winning and losing, you know, when it comes down to it, you want to establish a winning atmosphere, a winning vibe around your team. And, and, and Part of that can start in the summertime, especially if you're a team that's trying to figure out how to win. And so you don't really want to talk about winning and losing in the summertime, but you can work your rotations, you know, just like you see with fifth grade and sixth grade coaches where everybody's getting to play, but in the last five minutes, magically the rotation rolls around to where, you know, five of the top, you know, you know, five of the top six players are out there on the floor. Uh, for your group, and and you want to when you're in those situations where you have a chance to win a game, yeah, you want to do everything that you can to win a game. But like I was referring to to the example earlier, I don't think you worry so much about winning that you do something like, okay, we're going to take you out with ten seconds left because we want to run a play for this girl, even though it's your quote unquote turn in the rotation. Uh, I, I think that uh, again, there's there's ways you can work on that, and there's ways that you can try to get those those wins to help build your team's confidence because no team wants to go through the summer 0-22 or whatever the, the number may be. Uh, winning is important. You want to challenge yourself. Now, you don't want to play a, a summer schedule that's so soft that you're 22-0 and and you're not challenged even though you're not very good. Uh, there's there's a there's a fine line with that. Uh, but I, I think you do 
without the kids knowing it, you do worry about winning and losing without worrying about winning and losing. By when you do get into those last five minutes, you, you know, you give it some effort. You, you, you coach it up a little bit. Uh, you might call a timeout or two to work on special situations and try to pull something off. Uh, because you, you do want to take advantage of those winning opportunities when they are presented to you, but you're not going to go full January mode in order to try to win games in June. Yeah, and you know one of the things that really helps in the summer is when those late game situations present themselves. You know, because there's there's nothing like that. I mean, you can sit here and and do whatever you want and practice and this that and the other, but when you get into a game. And it presents, hey, we're down three, five seconds left. We got to execute here, or you know, this out of bounds play, or you know, it's a three point game with two minutes to go. I mean, there's just nothing that presents itself like that, and so you've got to keep your eyes open. So when those situations present themselves in the summer, it helps pave the way and build confidence and experience, and you know, just a know what to do type attitude as you get ready for that in the summer. And, you know, in kind of what you're talking about, Marty, a little bit is we, we, our program pays for everything for our guys to be in. We don't ask for money from our guys. And so as we go to different team camps and shootouts and leagues and this, that, and the other, um, you know, we want it, we're going to get everybody in. Um, and we're going to try to put some guys in some different positions than they've been in before. But if it comes down to it, we're, we're going to try to win games because like you're talking about, you want to build that culture of success because confidence is a funny thing. Yeah. Um, if you have it and you have that mojo, you ride that thing for as long as you can because it can it can you know go the other way rather quickly too. Mm-hmm. Coaches are absolutely loving are taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Tony, I am so sorry that you were not here this weekend, because let me tell you, did Europe put on a show or what? It was uh, the the pyrotechnics, the musicianship, the the sheer energy that, that was coming from the crowd was, well, I, I just, there are no words to describe the performance that Europe put on after the third annual A Pen and a Napkin Coaches Clinic in Fort Calhoun, Nebraska. It was it was unbelievable. You know, and how many how many coaches clinics have a headline act like Europe? There, there are none. There literally, it's unbelievable. Yeah, there, there literally is none, and 
hey, you know, I really appreciate them playing this year. I'm on a search to find my headliner for next year. And when I find it, I'll let you know. But uh, uh, no, we had a we had a great coaches clinic uh, this past weekend. Uh, the, the the presenters did a great job. I I, I really want to thank uh, Dick Jungers from Newell Fonda. I want to thank uh, Dexter Goodner from Ord, Nebraska. Want to thank Brett Watson from Joaquin Northwest. Kylie Yates from South O'Brien. Um, uh, Jake Nonnen from Superior, Nebraska. Zach Foster from Hastings Adams Central here in, in, in uh, Nebraska. Uh, just six uh, fellas that came in and knocked it out of the park with all of their presentations. And uh, just really, really appreciative of them. Uh, I probably, you know, when, when folks hear this, I'm going to be close to having uh, all the videos edited and ready to go and ready for purchase if you did not attend the clinic. Uh, I don't want to put any of them out there until they're all done, so please bear with me as I as I try to finish that up. By but hopefully by uh, Monday or Tuesday, you know, early to midweek next week at the latest, all of these videos should be ready to go. And and if folks want to purchase them, we'll have all the details ready to go for that. So uh, if you have questions on that, email me at penandnapkin at gmail dot com. Uh, and yeah, it was it was just a, it was a terrific clinic, Tony. I wish you would have been here for it, buddy. I was trying my best to make it next year. How were the breakout sessions? How did those go? Uh, you know, it was everybody, you know, unless they're blowing smoke up my keister, uh, everybody really, really enjoys those those breakout sessions. We we ended up with a with about 50 coaches altogether, 51, 52 coaches altogether. And wow. and so we had uh, you know, about 10 nine groups of of five or six coaches at a table uh for you know, at some total of about 90 minutes, just bouncing ideas off of each other. It wasn't just listening to presentations, whether they were on the court or in the classroom. Uh, you got to talk with, with folks uh, from from all sorts of different places. We we broke a little new ground. Uh, we had a couple coaches in from Colorado. We had a coach come down from South Dakota. Uh, you know, so uh, we, we got to hear a lot of different perspectives uh, from, from coaches this uh, this weekend. And so the, the breakout sessions... Uh, just like they were last year, big big hit with with our attendees. We did that a handful of years ago. Uh, Ed Tim in Mount Vernon, uh, he would do a coaching clinic before the season would begin. I can't remember it was October, uh, first part of November, and uh, that was one of the first times we went into a classroom, had a breakout session. It's like wow, that was really really good. So when you mentioned that, I was just wondering how it how it went. And then I know you had mentioned earlier you might have a coach from New Mexico coming up next year. Yeah, yeah, I already had a coach reach out to me. Uh, to to purchase some products, um, and and was wondering, you know, hey, when are when are you having your clinic next year? I'd love to come up for it. So uh, that that's really really cool stuff uh, to to have uh, literally coaches coming in from not just you know obviously uh, we're we're just outside of Omaha, so we're right on the border between Iowa and Nebraska. It's probably about fifty fifty Iowa and Nebraska coaches, uh, but then like I said, Colorado, South Dakota. And, and, and we're hearing from folks all over the place to come in for this clinic. So, uh, you know, when the time comes, uh, we'll get the we'll get the word out for the fourth annual clinic. But I'm just going to kind of sit and back and relax and enjoy that the third clinic is now over with and that Europe is paid. Uh, they are on their way back to Sweden, uh, counting down finally. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a great weekend. It was a great weekend. So for next year. Have you thought about ABBA? Boy, that's a big one there. Uh, they did win Eurovision 
in the mid seventies. So mm -hmm. that might bust the budget a little bit too much. Um, okay. How many of the BGs are still alive? There's just one, right? I think that's right. Yeah, just one. So they're probably out. Um, I mean, the dream for me. Not even a joke, Tony. The dream for me is if REO Speedwagon showed up. I mean, if, if Kevin Cronin shows up, I I will turn into a puddle. Um, I, I will, uh, you will see a grown man cry if Kevin Cronin walked in with his with his uh, six string and and started playing a little uh, take it on the run or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean ZZ Top, Brian Adams. I mean, there's there's all kinds of that you're gonna have to narrow this thing down to. Uh, it's a good thing I've got. It's a good thing I've got a year uh, or so to get it figured out. So, um, should we do some trivia, buddy? Yeah, I can get a trivia question wrong real quick. <laughs> hey, you did a great job on the uniform numbers. So that's my thing. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a uniform guy. Trivia is okay. a little bit too challenging for me. I'm more of a more of a trivia guy. Okay, or more of a uniform number guy. All right. So here's a trivia question. Um, Sunday. Uh, Maybe perhaps the most anticipated women's basketball game ever uh, in the in the national championship game, Iowa and LSU. LSU comes out on top. They win the national championship as a member of the Southeastern Conference with LSU's championship this weekend. How many national championships have the current members of the Southeastern Conference won? In women's basketball, what is the sum total of their current membership? Holy crap! Because you go back, uh, South Carolina obviously has won. Um, Texas A and M has won. Uh, oh man, Tennessee has. I mean, Pat Summers got like nine, eight or nine, something like that. I will go with thirteen. That is incorrect. My lower high. A little too high. Ooh. Let's go with 11. That is incorrect. Am I still too high? You are too low. So I'm going to go right in the middle then with the 12. <laughs> I was hoping. I was hoping you'd be able to get that one. <laughs> 12 according to my count is the correct number tennessee has eight south carolina has two texas a&m one and then with lsu's victory on sunday they have one as well and that gives a sum total of 12 you know mine for you because I, I did have a, a trivia question for you was that lsu won the national championship as a three seed. Mm -hmm. When was the last time a three seed has won the women's national championship? Mm, I saw that on the telecast. Um, was it no? Was it Notre Dame? It was Tennessee. Tennessee back in I want to say nineteen ninety seven. Okay, back with the three Meeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I knew I saw it on the telecast. So, um, yeah, they won as a three seed, and and uh, you know, hats off to, to Kim Mulkey and the crew. They they played an outstanding game. I, I they did uh, put up one hundred and two points. I Man, that's, that's crazy. Did you see uh, KG's tweet 
I did not. Or maybe I did, he, but uh, remind me. He put a tweet out there about whoever had the scout for the Iowa LSU game. Kudos to that. that oh coach. yeah, and it was your boy Bob Stark. Yeah, yeah, I was Coach Starkey. I've been meaning to. I, it's on my list to send him a. T- I know, I know. I'm sure he's getting texts. Uh, text messages from all over the place coach uh if you're listening to this by the time you listen to this i will have sent you a a text message congratulating you so i'm giving you the double whammy coach starkey of of thank yous there so or, or congratulations not thank yous congratulations so a pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at apenandanapkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, apenandanapkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video library. But yeah, it was it was a terrific game. It was it was uh, a really important game historically. I thought Tony, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they had the Nielsen share was nine point nine. Yeah, and uh, they went through and set, you know compared it to some other things. Seemed like it had been better than a few Super Bowls, maybe. Oh, I don't, um, I don't think it reached Super Bowl level, but I think it beat out like NHL Stanley Cup final ratings and I, I i think i know which tweet you're talking about i'm i i saw that one as well there was a list of uh the ratings it was like they beat out the orange bowl this past year they yeah beat some out, bowl games yeah yeah and, and a bunch of different things so um it, it was it was a really really important step for um for for the women's game um you know i've got some thoughts and i've been trying to put it into words about everything that's that's happened and and what happened on sunday uh you know i i got a couple of messages from people hey coach what did you what did you think about the game because obviously um it, it was it was unfortunate that there were some things that that marred the game that took away the attention from what was a really 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 good basketball game um mm-hmm. you know again 187 points between the two teams that's that's fun basketball to watch uh, but, um, you know, I mean, we could talk about, it, I guess if you want to Tony, but, uh, you know, just, it was, it was unfortunate that a couple of things happened that took the uh, attention away from what was a, a terrific tournament, a terrific performance by both teams for the last three weeks and, um, a, a, a terrific championship game played by LSU. Uh, so, that's my thoughts there. Yeah, you know, um, I know some are referring to a little bit between the interaction or whatever between Angel Reese and, and, and Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the way Caitlin Clark's handled it because yeah. she talks trash. I mean, yep. you go back, you look at the Louisville thing. She did the you can't see me John Cena thing and mm-hmm. Angel Reese did it back to her. And yeah. I don't think I don't think Caitlin Clark took anything, you know, to it. And I, I, that's the point where I think you know, like if it was two guys talking trash to each other, it does not even come close to being magnified like it is. Correct. And because it's two two girls, you know, it's two competitors. That's the thing that we have to understand. It's two competitors 
you know, that, that, that are emotional, that like to trash talk. And if you're going to dish it out, you have to be able to take it. And Caitlin Clark can take it. You know, she's got a little bit, you know, of, of Larry Bird, if you will, in her. Um, you know, and so I, I don't have I don't have any issue with it at all. Yeah. And I think that that's been made too much of a big deal um, about that. And then you go into the whole thing with the officiating. The officiating was frustrating. Um, you know, there, there's no doubt about that. It seemed like, you know, Coach Mulkey was on the floor. Uh, Coach Mulkey got away with a lot more than what Coach Bluter was able to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I thought Caitlin Clark's technical was a little bit was a little bit tacky and tight on some stuff. Um, but at the same time, you know, that's the next phase, I think, for the women's game. I think the, the players are getting better. The style of play is getting better. Now it's time for the officiating to get better. Yeah, um, I agree with you on on all of that, Tony. Uh, I, I I really think that uh, you, you know what what made the the situation the optics of it look bad was was the way that Angel Reese was chasing. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't chasing is not the right word, but you know she was following. Clark mm-hmm. around trying to get her attention as as the final seconds ticked off, um, and and I, and I think that you know that that's what turned a lot of it. I think if if the stuff that happened at the free throw line, uh, if it would have just been that, I don't think anybody would have said anything. I don't I don't mm-hmm. I think it would have just been dropped. It would have been done. It would have been over with. Uh, but you are correct that, and and I also think that it's important that if you if you're going to criticize Angel Reese, then you have to criticize Caitlin Clark too. Yes, I, I, I she told Van Lith from Louisville to shut up. You're down 15. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you 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 have to give criticism where criticism is due, and it just has to be consistent. Exactly, exactly. And and so if if you uh, if you are going to praise Caitlin Clark for her confidence, for her bravado, for her uh, you know all of those intangible words. Then you also have to praise Angel Reese uh, for being confident uh, on bordering on cocky because Caitlin Clark, quite honestly, is confident bordering on cocky, and that's and the why the great ones are, aren't they? Yeah, and and that's why they are uh, two of the best players in the country right now, and and that's why both of their teams were in the national championship game. Uh, we we praise we we tell legendary stories of Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. Uh, coming up with uh, false motivational techniques, the you know Jordan and the LeBradford Smith story, uh, which he finally admitted thirty years later never happened. It was just something to get him geeked up. Uh, but but that was urban legend for thirty years, Tony, uh, and, and that was okay. Uh, but when when Angel Reese sees the motivation of uh, you know she was upset apparently with the way Caitlin Clark you know uh, and the way Iowa played against. South Carolina. Now, do I necessarily agree with that? No, I think you, you as, as uh, who was the guy? Uh, you play to win the game. And, and that's the strategy Herm that Edwards. they chose. To, uh, yeah, Herm Edwards. Um, that was the strategy that Iowa used to, to beat South Carolina, and, and they won the game. So you can't say anything. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's just part of the strategy of the game. So that, that wasn't disrespectful. That's just strategy. And, mm-hmm. but, but, but you can't criticize her for her seeing that as motivation because that that's what she chose to motivate. That was one of the things she, she used to motivate herself to get ready to play. And so I, I just think it's it's been really uh, – if Caitlin Clark is okay with what Angel Reese did 
then we have to be okay with it. Everybody else has to be. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, and the other thing too, Angel Reese transferred to LSU from Maryland. Mm -hmm. Maryland's in the Big Ten, so there might have been a past history there too. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Caitlin Clark has gone on, you know, countless different things, and she said she's completely fine with it. Yes. Yes. Um, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. So, like I said, if if, if she's okay with it, we've got to be okay with it. And, and I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm completely okay with it. And, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a, it was a great tournament. It was a historic tournament. It was an iconic tournament, uh, for the women. It's just too bad that this situation, along with the officiating, I mean, it was a double whammy, uh, that the, and, and when I, when I say the officiating, and I know you, 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 uh, referred to this too, Tony, it, it wasn't that LSU got, uh, felt like they got homered, or Iowa felt like they got homered. It was just a poorly officiated game all the way around for both teams, mm-hmm. and and it's unfortunate that on that stage, you know, this would be like uh, going back to 1979 and having the Bird and Magic matchup in the finals. Uh, because I think you can make a little bit of a comparison to that, Tony. Like you could look at this and go, "Man, it's going to be hard to draw more people than that to watch a women's final game than than what we than what we saw this weekend." And, I would agree, but but to have that and 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 then have that have you know the the officiating talked about so much during the game from the get go all the way through to after the game, um, it, it would it, it's you know we would not look at the nineteen seventy nine bird magic matchup the same way if if that was one of the uh, sub stories of the game. As well, and that's unfortunate that that is also part of the story as well. And, and again, those officials didn't go out there and said, "Hey, I can't wait just to call a, a bad game." <laughs> you know, yep. Uh, yep. It, it unfortunately it does happen. We have bad games as coaches. Players have bad mm-hmm. games as players, and guess what? Officials have bad games as officials. It's just unfortunate that that crew had a bad game on such a massive stage. Yep, in front of you know the first lady, um, you know that many the, a sellout crowd that many people watching it uh, just was magnified big time uh, in that, in that situation because of all the eyes on the, on the product. Yeah, absolutely. So anything else on that, bud? No, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, next year, UConn, you know, knock on wood will hopefully be healthy. I'm sure LSU will reload some pieces around Angel Reese. Uh, Caitlin Clark returns two other starters with her. uh, And then some, uh, some key bench players are they're ready to to step in and then you have that that transfer portal thing that'll be percolating as well and so next year could be another uh, really good year for for women's college basketball as well as well it should be so well hey uh great job tonight tony a lot of really good stuff that we talked about here this evening episode number 32 coaching your team in the summer uh, a lot of really good ideas that Tony and I bounced around. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of us. You can DM, DM us on, on Twitter. Email me, penandnapping at gmail.com. Uh, a lot of really good ideas, a lot of thoughts. And and I hope you folks enjoyed it. So uh, we want to thank you for joining us again, uh, once again, this week. Chad Angel, dang it, we forgot to get Chad Angel on the episode again this week. Chad, we will get you on sometime soon. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to own our craft one day. 